Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of It's a Mess Podcast. I'm Peppermint. And this is Caswell. What's up everybody? Thanks for coming back. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to see us, Caswell. Hey, what's it's going a new on? year. I'm feeling good. We're well in, we're well into the start of it. Yeah. And um yeah, it, we're smack in between Martin Luther King, which was last week, and um, and it's February. It's almost Black History Month. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, we. I think that all our exemplary queens next month are going to be black exemplary queens. Yes, black queens. So. <laughs> black queens. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that next week. But um, how was your week? How was your January? I was, my week was good. I was busy all weekend uh, recording. I'm writing and producing for a new project with somebody. So I've been in a very professional studio uh, at uh, Record Plant. <laughs> Wait, is, <laughs> is that unusual? Very professional studio? Well, I mean, this is like one of those really expensive studios that like like Chance the Rapper <laughs> was rapping next door. And uh, so it's like, it was, but it was like nice. It was roomy, you know, it was like three room studio and shit like that. So. Oh, it's like one of those 24 hour studios. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not always <laughs> a, in those kind of studios. <laughs> with a bedroom and a yeah, couch. Yeah, I've been, I've worked in those studios like once or twice, but it's usually when somebody else paying for it so this was that type of situation so it was good but uh i really love working with the artist that i'm working with right now she can sing her head off so it's been good i've been i just watched um the aaron hernandez story oh my gosh aaron hernandez the document now which one because there's two yeah i heard there's one on hulu i haven't checked that out but i saw the one on netflix was it do they always compete like that remember they did it on the the uh fire festival the, shit they did too they had two different ones they are shady I but one of them was, was shady and one of them's not. Which one's this? I, did I just see the shady one? The shady, is the shadier one the Netflix one? Yes. Because they talk about his, sex. they like go in on his sexuality. And one of the things they, they, they do, not to spoil it, anyone, but they do bring up um, trans, the a slight conversation. There's some conversation about trans folks on there, trans women, presumably. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I do like what his... Uh, girlfriend at the time, Sh- and baby mama, Sh- 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 Shayla? Sh- I think, is this Shayana? Sh- Shayana, Shayana. Uh-huh. Um, I do like what she said, uh, how she kind of came to the defense of trans folks. Yeah, um, that was refreshing. Which is very, I mean, it's 
it's not great. It's it's basically she's saying they're human, which is just a fact. Right. <laughs> it's she don't get no award. There are people just, just like glad you. Glad ain't calling okay. her. She yeah. stated the obvious. But <laughs> um, but you know, and it's a shame that that need to be stated. But um, I'm glad that they included that because it probably will. Um, I'm probably I'm sure there's probably some people that need to hear that who are going to be watching it, you know, right. like uh, the Patriots. Did you like the, the documentary? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, like I really li- I really, really, really liked it. I thought it was really interesting that they brought homophobia into the mix and how so many men, not just men in sports, but specific to this story, men in sports are like really their homophobia really controls them and their lives and the decisions that they make and staying in the closet. And they talk to I forgot his name, but one big-ass brolic football player that was heavenly in the closet and um so just like their perspectives of being in the closet and being in professional football was really interesting and i really liked how uh they talked to this guy that he was in a relationship with from like i don't know some like the eighth grade to their junior year in high school and shit and he was and he was like oh yeah when aaron gum when i saw aaron with all his tattoos i was like oh yeah he's trying to hide that he's gay <laughs> like he was so like nonchalant about it <laughs> so i was like yeah that's no fun. spoilers folks well, I mean, whatever. We just Google it. You what, know, he murdered a, a few people, at least one or two, and shot someone in the head, and then they lived. It was fucking crazy. The shit was fucking crazy. The, and so this is the thing, and I'm a little more confused than ever because I followed it, but not like that closely. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, he okay? Did he do it or did he not do it? And were, were people? It's like he. It, it, one of them. One of the because I watched both. One of the documentaries sort of painted him as a person who had a double life. And that he was involved in all this stupid stuff and, and you know, got away for with it for a while, but then ov- eventually obviously got caught. Right. The other documentary was kind of painting him as someone who just accidentally got caught up, caught up in the wrong, that was the Hulu wrong one? place, wrong time. The Hulu one makes it seem like they're trying to say, you know, he was found guilty, but is he? You I know what I mean? That kind of thing. And I hate it like, when documentaries oh. treat me like I'm fucking stupid. He's guilty as sin. I know, and it's really a shame. Anyway, well, check that documentary out, y'all. It is really good. I watched a, a few good documentaries. I might want to start making some recommendations. I love documentaries. That's documentaries. the first. That's the first yeah. genre I look up when I'm going to download something on iTunes for a flight. Is the documentary? Yeah. So yeah, we'll come back with some new docs. But uh, yeah, so and that's we have it. Been, we've we've also we also been watching Sixty Days In. Yeah. We're of several episodes in now. It's getting crazy. Um, <laughs> it's getting crazy, but it's getting kind of predictable at the same time. So I'm just like, I hope some shit gets switched up. So it didn't seem as crazy as the time that the the girl got in there and had a girlfriend and and told the girlfriend and all that type of shit. But it's, it no. it seems like all the it seems more dangerous to me. This one definitely seems more dangerous because it's like at least five times as many inmates, if not more. But you know what? The one inmate that keeps sticking out is the that he's not in the, part of the the, the program, but. There's every single time somebody goes into intake, yeah. there's this old man that they show with the gray hair who looks like the guy from Creep Show. He's always like peering oh, yeah, out the yeah, window. Yeah. <laughs> there's always these like 70 pound crackheads like creeping through that little crack, like who's in, who's the new fresh meat? Like an who's intake. Fresh meat? <laughs> I will yeah, we'll up them on that. Let's keep this going because I know that we both got. Busy days. It is time for a very important part of the show that we like to call Exemplary Queens. <laughs> and this week's Exemplary Queen 
is someone who I know knew personally, um, and a lot of people knew, especially in the New York nightlife scene. Uh, Mother Flawless Sabrina, who was mm-hmm. an American LGBT activist, drag queen, performer, and actress based in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flawless Sabrina was a pioneer to transgender people and drag artists, uh, not only in the mainstream, um, but also in heterosexual society, and then also within the gay society as well, um, where transgender people remained sort of heavily stigmatized. She was best known for creating a series of legendary balls and drag pageants uh, that later became the subject of the classic LGBT documentary, The Queen, uh, which is must-see viewing for every homosexual and trans person and bi person in the land. And they remixed Um, the mess of the movie, too. They did. They did. And we went and saw it. The the movie is... um, uh, it provided a stage well, the movie and the pageants provided a stage for some of the most legendary drag performers known today, including the infamous Pepper LaBeja. Anyone who watched RuPaul's Drag Race and saw uh, Aja's Snatch Game knows who we're talking about. Um, Sabrina was a very wise confidant, a mentor, and most of all, a mother to many people in the community. Um, and she even used her own apartment as sort of a, a community center. She connected to so many prominent LGBT uh, uh, figures and personas, um, especially Zachary Drucker, who is the Emmy-nominated writer of Transparent. And um, and so it's important that you look her up, check her out, at least start with the queen, and then let that kind of take you down the rabbit hole. Uh, while you hail... And pay homage and tribute to the legendary queen, Mother Flawless Sabrina. Thank you so much, our exemplary queen. May your legacy live on. I love, I love Mother Flawless Sabrina is actually in my uh, one of my first videos for All Over Your Face when the whole thing was getting ready and we shot her at her apartment that she lived in for like 300 years on the <laughs> upper, upper west, west side. Upper west side. And mm-hmm. Mother Flawless Sabrina actually gave me some advice that I always quote when people ask me who gives you good advice. She always quoted to me. She said to me, if it doesn't make you frightened, it's probably not worth doing. So sometimes when I'm about to drop something, or I'm thinking, oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? Am I too scared to do this? I think of that, and then I just mm-hmm. fucking do it. And I've never regretted it once. So I love you, Jack Dorshow, a.k.a. Mother Flawless Sabrina. And it is honor to make you this week's exemplary queen. Yes, it's true. Okay. So this week's episode, uh, I compiled all of the emails that were about living together. Um, so this has not only has to do with roommates, but boyfriends and girlfriends living together or thinking about living together and a couple of roommate situations thrown in there. So do you want to read the first one? You got it. All right. Here we go. go. Question number one. Cue music. Hey, guys. I love your show. I listen, on, I listen to you on my lunch break every Thursday with my coworkers. Oh, where do you work, honey? <laughs> I got some issues that I want to talk to you about, and maybe you can shed some light on the situation because I feel like an asshole. I'm a 24-year-old gay black man living in Dorchester, Massachusetts, okay. just outside of Boston. All right. I moved into a gorgeous two-bedroom apartment just off the red line. I know you know what I'm talking about, Caswell. Yes, I do. <laughs> I really lucked out because this place is huge and affordable. When I got the apartment, I started looking for a roommate and I hit up my best friend. Let's call her Letitia. 
Letitia's been my best friend since freshman year in high school. Her dumbass got knocked up on graduation night, so she's got a kid. Her son always lived with the baby daddy in Connecticut. She told me her son would be visiting every other weekend, and I'm like, that's cool. Well, two weeks after she moved in, her baby daddy dropped off her son and has never picked him up. (laughs) Apparently, this is his way of letting Letitia know that he now wants her to have full custody, and he would rather just come for visits. So now I'm stuck living with my best friend and her unruly five-year-old. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I hate kids, and I'm especially not fond of this one. He's loud. He doesn't know how to chew with his mouth mouth closed. He never flushes the toilet. (laughs) Getting him to take a bath or a shower is close to impossible. The kid smells like he's been stuck in a playground for three days. What's worse is she doesn't discipline him at all, and she lets him eat whatever he wants. He's always overdosing on sugar, and then she wonders why he spazzes out all the time. The kid has no manners, eats my Cocoa Puff cereal like he paid for it. <laughs> He's nonstop wilding out from the moment he gets up to the moment he goes to bed, and since she actually isn't on the lease, I'm considering kicking her and her kid out because I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm starting to feel like the parent I never wanted to be. I like to chill, smoke weed, watch movies, enjoy my 20s, and not feel like a part-time dad to a kid that I have no relation to. There's a reason I never wanted to have kids, and her son is on the top of the list. <laughs> Am I an asshole if I ask her to move out? She's my best friend, and I want her to be, I don't want to be there for her, but this is not what I signed up for. Can you guys give me some advice on how to get my life back to normal? Love, Milan, Juicy Juice. Aw, <laughs> oh, Milan. Have you, are you talking to Milan anymore? I miss Milan. I do. I actually saw Milan a couple of days ago, and we have a, a, a movie date to watch a movie together next oh, week. Oh, work. I love Milan and her <laughs> Janelle Monet impersonations. <laughs> um, okay, Milan, Juicy Juice, number one. I, I hear your battle cry. I feel your pain. I don't particularly like kids. I don't look forward to ever living with kids, especially ones that have too much sugar and steal my cereal. But keep in mind that this kid is, what did you say, five years old, six years old, six years old? Five. This kid, this kid is five years old. So don't take it out on the kid. It's not the kid's fault that that she has that the kid has no home training and that the mother is not keeping her away from sugar or teaching your kid how to flush the toilet and i know you don't want that to be your job i really think that you should try to find a way to talk to the mom about this and maybe like look okay first of all first of all this is fucked up that the father just dropped off the kid it's like here it's yours i'll do every other weekend i guess and you should really you should have the mom look into that a lot more because in math i grew up in massachusetts so i know about this like the the laws are really fierce there when it comes to uh, per- parental custody and what you pay. Like there is, there is, there is no. Wh- once this, once this, the once the baby daddy finds out what he's gonna have to pay, he might want the kid full time because because they they take it directly out of your check, and I think that they take like. I'll have to look into this. I don't know how much the rules change, but I think it's like 33 and a third percent of your check every single week for this kid. Like no matter how much you make. So, well, you. I mean, there, isn't it, there's. There's probably a recourse anyway. You can't just drop off and abandon your kid. There's got to be a law that against that too. Well, yeah. So I mean, she should she should really she should really look into 
she should really look into the laws there and exactly how much money mm-hmm. that she can get for child support if she is going to be taking on this kid. And then maybe with that child support, you can get some daycare situations going on. So the kid just isn't home all the time, watching TV, not flushing the toilet, eating your food, so that maybe the kid can have an after-school program or get like a, like a nanny situation or a babysitter situation mm-hmm. or something so the kid is not always at home. If this situation is not right for you, I really recommend like taking – taking it step by step and making it a low process, a slow process with with having them move out. Because, you know, it, it's only going to be worse for the kid if the kid makes it, if the kid, if you make the kid feel like it's his fault that they're moving out or his fault that now mom needs to find a new place to live and this type of shit. So I really think that you should have a delicate conversation with the mom about it and be like, this isn't working for me. If, I mean, I know that you love the apartment. I know it's right on the red line, blah, blah, blah. But maybe what you should do is find a roommate for her so she's not in the struggle of looking for a new place to live. And then you just find a new place to live. If there's one place, if there's one great place to live in Dorchester, then there's two. So I think that maybe what you should do if you're determined to not live with this kid is help the mom find another roommate to take your place so that maybe she has another friend. Maybe she has another friend with a kid and they can both have unruly kids together so that so that so that she's not in a situation where she's stressed out or that her and her kid are going to be homeless or be like drifting around on couches and shit like that because i think that i i think that you should be that you if this is your best friend you should be considerate about the fact that you don't you don't want her to be homeless or to be like stressed out looking for a place to live with a kid especially how this was just dropped on her like she didn't plan this it'd be different if she like low-key knew oh the kid's gonna be living with me in two weeks and then just didn't tell you but i but if that didn't happen that way, that it's not like it's her fault. I think if this is a last minute thing, you definitely have to look more into this. I can understand how it would be really uh, obnoxious. And, you know, I don't really enjoy having kids in the house anyway. Nope. But I think that you should definitely, you know, figure out a way to... I mean, this you, you can't just throw out somebody who is paying rent, even if they aren't on the lease. That's right. the first thing, at least in New York State. Um, and so the, I think I think what you have to do is look to the law. There's laws about parenting. There's laws about custody. There's laws about, like Caswell said, about uh, um, what people, you know, um, pay, you know, for child support. And there's also roommate laws. You can't just, like, make decisions and then kick people out. And if you think that you're going to be able to kick a mother and her child out easily without anyone finding out, nope. you're, you are very mistaken. Yeah. And so, you know, and by the, by, by the time you successfully get them out without having the law come after you, the child will be 18. So you might as well just deal with it. You allowed this person to have the child there part-time. I mean, it's not like it sounded like they were going to just visit once in a while for Christmas or something like, you know, if there's if this is a couple and it's a five-year-old and they're sharing custody, then you already agreed to have this child live in your place half of the time. Right. And so I think the goal should be towards getting, you know, a child, the child back with their parent, the, the other parent, the father, right. the other half of the time. Um, and, and, you know, there's the dad just dropping off the kid like it's uh, some groceries. It's not I, I don't even think that sounds it doesn't sound legal. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like it's something that will hold up in any court. It just doesn't sound... You can't just drop off your kid and abandon them. And right. so, you know, there's got to be some kind of paperwork, some kind of arrangement made or an agreement. And I think that when you have legal custody, split shared custody, I don't know. I would imagine that when you have legal shared custody, that means a judge has reviewed your case. They've already made paperwork that says this is what it's supposed to be. Basically like a contract. And so if you're break, you're breaking the contract if you just change it all up and drop off the kid and say whatever. And so you can't, I can't imagine that, you know, like 
again, I, I think that you have the law on your side. So there are some things you can do. Um, A, lock up your cereal. B, exactly. Um, tell your tell the 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 mother that you know this is becoming you know this uh, you know that, that you understand that this is really tough and you want to be here for her, but this is you know unexpected, and and it's taking a toll on on your house and your quality of life. Being having to you know listen to a loud kid, maybe it's, it's, it's affecting how you sleep. I don't know. Whatever way this affects you, then you should talk to your best friend about. But keep in mind that this is your best friend right and someone that you care about and what situate what alternative does she have she's the mother was, was she going to throw the kid out in the back and be like don't eat cocoa puffs and then let the kid be homeless like you know she's the mother she right. has to take care of this child right. and you it's your responsibility to take care of her if you are her best friend right and i hope that you can think of how much you love her and her child when you're thinking about how much of an inconvenience this is. Smoking around the kid is not going to... Smoking weed and wanting to chill is not a good enough excuse to want to make a mother and her child homeless. Right. It's just not. And so, you know, you need to find another place to smoke weed because you shouldn't be doing it around kids anyway, even if the child is well-behaved and doesn't eat your cereal. And so I think, you know... It's it's a tough situation, but this is what you do. You have to do when it's when you have a roommate. Yeah, you have but to deal with tough situations. Also, like when you're in your twenties, you're thinking of things like long term. Like you're not really thinking about the end of the road as far. Like you 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 just think you you're gonna you think that you're gonna Party be time. in this situation for a long <laughs> period of time. But roommate situations don't last for long, and apartments never last forever. So what I would probably do is do everything you can to make your situation better. I assume you just have one bathroom. If you have to keep walking in there to make sure he flushes or talk to uh, Letitia about this and make sure that the sun flushes or whatever like that. Like have a little chit chat about that. But you can get a lock on your door if the kid's going in your room. You can like make sure you have a TV and on your entertainment center like in your room. You can lock your door. You can like make your room a little bit more of a refuge. And then every time like here and there, do what you have to do to make this as comfortable for you as possible until then. And what you might want to do just so you don't hurt any feelings is low key be looking for a place to live or low key be looking for uh, a roommate situation, like someone that you're very compatible with that's looking for a roommate that you can move into, even though you love your apartment, you're not loving it right now. So it's probably not worth it. So let's say you find a friend at work or something like that, that you want to live with, they're looking for a roommate, then you go to Letitia and be like, hey, like, someone I work with is looking for a roommate. And I'm really considering it just because of the lifestyle that I have. And like, I like to go in my room and smoke weed. And I don't think that it should be this way with the kid. And since like the son's living with us right now, I'm totally here to help you find a compatible roommate for you so that I can move out and so that it's so you're not leaving her high and dry and you're also not giving her the stress like if you go to her first be like I need to move out I'm looking for a place then she's going to get all stressed out thinking what am I going to do if I don't find a roommate and blah 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 so already have this situation solved as much as possible before you bring it up to her also like don't like stress the kid out and make the kid feel like it's it's his fault or anything like that so just like keep the conversations on the low and in private with Letitia and you know like I said like Put 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 your cocoa puffs on the highest shelf. Get rid of all the tall chairs so he can't sneak up there and get it. You know, duct tape your cereal. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, and because living with a kid is not something I want to do. I completely understand. Like you in your twenties and when you want to live your best life and be a hoe and smoke weed and have cute boys over and shit like that. But you just have you have to treat this with with kid gloves. I agree with Caswell. <laughs> Should we go on to the next question? Let us know how it goes. We really want to know. This is a follow up letter. I definitely want to have. And like I said, keep kid gloves on about this. 
Don't fuck up the kid's life and talk to the mom. You ready for number two? Okay, question number two. Cue music. Should I read it? No, I'll read it. (laughs) All right, here we go. Question number two. Cue the music. Dear Kaz and Pep, I love your show and it keeps getting better and better with every episode. Thanks, we do what we can. I really hope you guys can help me out. Here's my issue. Just a little backstory, I am a cis, gay, white male. I'm 22 years old and live in Dallas. I have a boyfriend that I've been with for over a year and we get along great and my parents really like him. We've been talking about living together for, I can't believe it. We've been talking about living together for the past six months and about a month ago, we got the opportunity. My parents have a spare studio apartment that they made out of the garage and me and my boyfriend moved in. Living on my parents' property is actually quite convenient. My mom is a good cook. The fridge is always stacked with snacks and she lets us eat whatever we want. The rent is crazy cheap with utilities included. But there's one problem that I didn't think about until it was too late. My boyfriend smokes a lot of weed. I mean a lot. He wakes up, smokes a blunt before breakfast, and is generally high all day. I actually don't know if I've ever been with my boyfriend when he wasn't high, to tell you the truth. It doesn't really matter to me because I smoke weed too, though not as much as him. Now that our rent is so cheap, he buys even more weed and smokes nonstop. So the problem is my parents don't allow weed smoking on the premises. My mother still needs to come into our apartment every other day to do laundry, which was part of the deal. The first time she came down to do laundry, she was waving her hands at all the pot smoke just to get the washer and dryer. My parents set us down. My parents sit us down and told us the weed smoking has to stop immediately or we need to find a new place to live. This really caused a lot of stress in our relationship. My boyfriend doesn't like the idea of paying rent and living under house rules. He might take a walk down the block and smoke a blunt on the street, but he always comes back with a chip on his shoulder and feels that he should be able to smoke weed in his own place that he pays for. I understand both sides of the situation. I've tried to convince him to switch to edibles or or like brownies, but he doesn't, but it doesn't have the same effect. And since we are in Texas, you can't get edibles like you can in California. Should we move out? Should he move out? Should we just bite the bullet because our apartment is cheap and super comfy? Let me know what let me know what you guys think. Signed Laganja Estranja Alize. Of course it's Laganja Estranja Alize. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, I I don't know. I mean, I don't really have much um experience in like weed smoking versus you know um other forms of like using cannabis or any any other kind of like getting high that's not smoking from weed mm-hmm. um i know that if some people say it's an addiction some people say it's something that you can just do at your leisure but you like to do every single day mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that is whether it's an addiction or something you need to do every single day um i don't know what the difference is between those two things but um, I don't know. I think if you're to the point where you have to smoke weed every day and it's something you need to do, then I think you need to live somewhere where you can do it. Um, it seems pretty simple and cut and dry to me, but that's because I'm not really a user of any of these types of products. Um, if I if I lived somewhere that was super cheap and affordable, um, but I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do every single day, then I would be trying to figure out the quickest way to get out of that place. And, you know, in the meantime, you know, I've certainly lived in situations that were life-saving situations or situations that somebody kind of made arrangements for me. 
And then I had to, you know, kind of buck up and bite the bullet and just, you know, follow their rules. I, I lived in a place, this was a long time ago, but I lived in a place where, you know, the, the, they weren't allowing me to have visitors and they weren't allowing me to watch TV and the kitchen was closed after a certain amount of time. Like you couldn't do late night snacking in the kitchen. These are all things that don't, I don't like. I want to have visitors. I want to get, you know, I want to get in that fridge. <laughs> um, but I kind of had to just deal with it, you know, because there is no, I don't know the other way around it. I don't, I think what the best situation, what the best thing it sounds like, what the boyfriend wants is for the parents to be like, you know what? It's cool. You can smoke anywhere you want in the house, but I don't, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. And I guess the next alternative, like you already said, would be to have chew edibles or chewables or whatever you can do that doesn't create smoke that they can't smell. Um, and if you can find a way to get that, then I think that will solve the problem. But I I guess it sounds like it's tough to do. And I know that there's like laws with transporting, you know, weed products across state lines. And every state has different rules and laws and regulations. So I I can see how that would be tough. I think Texas legalizing marijuana for recreational use is more likely to happen than the parents being like, hey, you can suddenly start smoking weed in our house. Um, and so I think you either have to w- wait and t- keep living there and wait for the parents t- to give you the house or wait for um, chewables and edibles to become available that you can get them and sneak them in or move out. That's what I think. What could we think talk well? could we talk for a minute about why the hell these people want to live together? They've only been together a year and they said after like six months they were talking about living together like that right there like why do you want to live together if you already have such a great relationship and you guys already get along then why possibly ruin that by living together because that's when you really have to deal with everybody's vices so right there i have to say that was the wrong decision i i i know that that your life is packed with wrong decisions when you're in your 20s but that was that was a wrong decision like if if you can make your boyfriend just your refuge and just go to him so he's who you get to hang out with after a a tough day and you get to pick and choose when you see your boyfriend because sometimes you know especially in a studio apartment sometimes you're not going to want to see your boyfriend when you get home from work and that's just the way it is sometimes he's not going to want to see you so that's number one i i don't think i wouldn't have recommended you guys moving together at least after a few years or like playhouse and stuff like that to get to know what it's all about also like weed definitely is an addiction for a lot of people and whether it's a mental addiction or a physical addiction or a combination of both, it is definitely an addiction. And I've seen people come off of weed and get like super emotional and super stressed out. And you see another side of them once they stop smoking for whatever reason. So I don't necessarily think that you want to be living with him when he's going through that right now. But I do think that changing your habits around smoking weed as someone who has smoked a lot of weed, I'm not really smoking a lot right now, but someone has smoked a lot of weed, that changing your habits around smoking weed is a lot easier than finding a new place to live that is convenient to where you work, that is comfy, that is cozy, that you have all of the benefits of, you know, free laundry, utilities included, mom's food, the snacks right up the stairs. Like, so that it's a lot it's a lot easier to change your state of mind as far as like how to smoke there's nothing wrong with going for a walk maybe go for a walk together and smoke a blonde on the street this can be a thing that you guys do as a couple like every morning and every night try that out also what you could do is since you're buying so much more weed now and you have this around like get a really good make your own edibles and then i i know it's not the same effect but when you are high from an edible you don't want to smoke as much. So if if like there's a bunch of family coming over or you know it's not a good time to smoke, have an edible, 
plant your boyfriend on the couch, put on the get get the Xbox ready, put Netflix on, have him chill there, and then I, I think that would be a that'll be a lot easier. Right now, you do live together. I don't think that you should disrupt that right now because it seems like a cool environment. It seems like you guys don't have any problems yet besides the weed smoking. So right now, right now, just it's not that hard to to change your habits with smoking weed if you have to leave the house to do it. People do it all the time. So he might have a little bit of resentment right now, but when he thinks about how much he's going to have to pay to move into a new place or the money he's going to have to save up or he starts thinking about those snacks he's not going to have or the washer and dryer the utilities and he really likes the studio apartment you guys have it's not going to be that difficult you know maybe 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 you guys can try to figure something out like like exhale the weed into a like you know those tricks like when you exhale the weed it's a like a toilet i mean i'm sorry a paper towel wrapper with like some fucking downy at the end of it some fabric softener to get rid of smoke you can try that a little bit if you want but right now maybe you guys should just become an edibles couple when you're in the house and then step outside the premises off the property when you want to smoke a blunt that's what i say it's not that difficult. What do you think, Pep? I mean, I was thinking what I you were saying that, my- like, I know that you can't relate to that as far as weed. Like, I've never even seen you drink or do any type of drug or anything like that. But if, if, like, if someone was like, you you can't wear makeup in the house or, <laughs> or like, I don't know, I can't even think of anything that you do that would be like against the rules or like, or like you can't have boys over. Let's say, let's say, let's say that was a rule. Like you couldn't have boys over. Like, I think you might be able to do it for a little bit. Like, just like try it out. Uh, I have lived in places where I couldn't have any visitors. Uh, like I said, I have I lived in a place. That's not my situation now. But when I, like I said, I lived in a place that um, I was homeless and I was needed a place to live. And when I lived in there, I wasn't able to have any visitors. The kitchen was closed after a certain amount of time. And, you know, there's, it's, it, you know, I've been in this, that situation before. Um, and so my, what I wanted to do was get out. And so I did, you know, um, but it was also, before I did, you know, I had to just deal with it and not have visitors and not have, you know, and it really allowed me to focus on kind of what you wanted, what I wanted to do, what I needed to do, mm-hmm. which was save money and mm-hmm. have a roof over my head. Exactly. So this could be a good opportunity for them to just like plan the future so that they really like living together. They can save money and move to a castle where they can smoke weed all the time. So mm-hmm. let us know how that goes. I really want to know what you always do. And I think we're ready for... Question number three. Cue music. Hey, Peppermint. Hi, Caswell. Let me get right to the point. My roommate is a bitch. And her friends are total dickheads. I'm a 28-year-old single straight trans woman. I live in Sacramento. I became desperate for a roommate a couple of months ago. And the manager at the Starbucks near my job mentioned she was looking for... A, uh, she was looking after she overheard me on the phone. So, to handle this the right way, I did seven interviews, including her, and she seemed to be the most reliable. She works six days a week, she makes enough money, and she appeared to be calm, cool, and collected. But from day one, it has been going downhill. She invites over all her friends, including the staff from Starbucks, to come over at all hours and party, play loud music, smoke weed, and drink liquor all night long. I don't even know how these kids have enough energy to get up and go to work in the morning, but it's all—it's really affecting my sleep schedule. Last week, I got woken up in the middle of the night by her and her six loud-ass friends. <laughs> I knocked on her door, and I let them know that they had to shut up or leave. 
Since then, she hasn't spoken to me. She brushes right by me without saying anything. She keeps doing her daily thing of being loud and inconsiderate, and I want to get her out. I know I sound old school, but I'm actually ha- I actually have a landline, <laughs> and as well as my cell phone. And yesterday, my mom called the landline, and she literally hung up on my mother. First of all, she has no business picking up my landline. And second of all, I feel now I have the right to body slam this hoe for hanging up on my mother. She does. I've never been so close to a roommate, to fighting a roommate. What should I do? Should I change the locks? Should I just give her her money back and tell her she has to sleep on the Starbucks floor? (laughs) I'm really over her and going back and forth in my head between what I want to do and what I should do. And all the lines are getting blurred. Please give me some advice. Love, Alyssa Summers, Peach Trip. <laughs> Sleep on the Starbucks floor. <laughs> I fucking don't know what I would do. Because hanging up on your mother just takes it to a completely different level. But let's not even think about that just yet. Whew. Um, I, I know she wants to body slam this hoe. <laughs> I know she wants to kill her. And one thing you will not do is wake me up when I'm fucking sleeping. Yesterday I was sleeping and my roommate, who I love, came, knocked in and started telling me about his workout. And now his chest hurts. And I literally turned to him. I'm like, bitch, do you really just wake me the fuck up? Tell me about your workout. Get the fuck out of here. Close my door softly. So sometimes you can have a relationship with someone like that that you can get kind of you get kind of loud with them and they won't take it so seriously but i also can imagine like getting woken up and walking into someone's room and this like you totally like out of pocket just like flying off the handle of them because they will you don't i don't i don't react the same way when somebody wakes me up as if i do as if i'm like having a normal day and i'm in my room just watching netflix so mm-hmm. i definitely think that you got to get her out of the house and it's not going to be easy. And I think that what you should start doing is recording your conversations you have with her just so that you have that in the bag if she tries to sue you or get you out of there. So the conversations you have with her, just keep just wear a shirt wear a shirt with a pocket in the front. Put your phone there upside down, tilt, tilt it the other way. And just have your phone, have your iPhone on record and just like be really calm about everything that goes on. So if she's flying off the handle and you're just cool, calm and collected, you can hold that against her. I think mm-hmm. that you should take your valuables and I think that you should lock them up because if this bitch is conniving, she's going to try to fucking put shattered glass in your makeup or piss on your toothbrush or put itching powder on your sheets or do some fucked up shit if she's in that realm. So I always say this, put a lock on your door if you don't trust every single person that mm-hmm. you live with. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, do you think you would have fought her by now, Peppermint? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have fought her. Uh, I disagree with pretty much everything. Uh, you just said, I don't <laughs> think that you should fight any anyone who lived like even even looking like some at somebody that you want like you want to fight them in your apartment could change things down the line. And the last thing you want is not only the, all you know, like putting them to pee on your toothbrush or whatever, but you also don't want her to start being late on the rent, which mm-hmm. we didn't really say much about whether she actually is reliable. You said she seemed reliable before she moved in. So I'm curious to know, like, if she is paying the rent on time, you know, those kind of things. I mean, bottom line is you need a roommate, and sometimes you have to put up with the person that you hate living with until you can find another. And so I think the best thing to do would be to look for a new roommate Mm -hmm. um, discreetly, 
which is kind of tough to do because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have to show your apartment or something like that. So maybe when she's at work, since she works six days a week, you take a day off work, get the apartment together, take some pictures. You, you've already been interviewing people, so you must have pictures of the apartment you know, that you were sh- using to show people before you chose, you know, before you choose the new roommate. Um, so I would say get the apartment slowly, like discreetly get the apartment together, ready to show to new people and see if you can find somebody, some new prospects, number one. Number two is, you know, you should have a conversation with her. Um, I think now is the perfect time for you to start writing down what you do want in a roommate and what you don't want in a roommate, aside from someone who's just nice and pays the rent. Um, you know, it's really important to have a, a roommate agreement. And that sounds mm. crazy and it kind of mm. sounds too, um, it might sound like too hoity-toity for now, like, you know, nobody who wants to have a roommate agreement sounds kind of nerdy, but I can tell you it sure does save lives because bottom line is you can always go back to your roommate agreement and be like, you signed this and said that you would agree to not have any visitors after 10. And you signed this and said that you would check, you know, check with me before you have visitors. Um, there's a lot of sites that, um, one of them that I like to use is Rainbow Roommates. It's kind of outdated right now, but they, they do have a lot of good tools. I'm sure there's plenty of other tools at websites that you can go to that have roommate tools. One of them is a roommate agreement that talks about everything from how and when you pay the rent to mm-hmm. who's who's going to have a visitor and when, who's going to clean what and when, what happens with food and sharing bills and things like that. Like all these things that eventually get on your nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really important to do, to write those things down now, the things that get on your nerves today, so that when you do have your next roommate, like Caswell said, roommates don't last forever. Mm-hmm. When you do have your next roommate, you can, you know make sure you can keep this at the top of your mind and put it on that next roommate agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this roommate, it's really delicate situation. Once somebody already lives in there, it's really kind of tough to to kind of throw someone out instantly or change their living, living situation. And so I do think it needs to be, it's a delicate situation. Um, but it's you probably didn't agree to have party all night long, you know, and so when your roommate's friends do come over, instead of knocking on the door and threatening them, you could just call your roommate um, the next morning. You have to get some get some earplugs, get some eye masks, and get some sleeping pills. And then the next day <laughs> when you wake up, talk to your roommate and say, look, you know, it was really difficult for me to sleep. It's having an effect on my job. It's not what I what I wanted. And since this is my apartment, I really let you can lie and say, I really like living with you, but I'm going to have to, you know, look into other situations if this doesn't change. Right. And kind of threaten her with the, you might lose where you're going to live if you can't, if we can't come up with a compromise. And it's, it can't be, look, bitch, just shut up and pay right. the rent and nothing. Right. It, you have to, I think there's going to need to be a compromise. Mm-hmm. Maybe the friends can only come over to a certain amount of time. Maybe she has to ask and get your permission. You know, maybe they can only come over on the weekends or whatever. Um, and so I think there's going to be need a bit of a compromise that you're both happy with. And when you find that compromise, you stick to it and you have a verbal agreement that, okay, this is it. Handshake so that she remembers you make a big deal out of that handshake so that when she does break that rule, you can be like, remember that handshake, girl. The handshake isn't about making sure that she pro- d- does exactly what she says she's going to do. The handshake is that she remembered that she agreed right. that she wasn't going to do that. Right. And I think that's the best way to handle it. And you should be recording so, that conversation when you have that handshake. I don't know about that. Well, why not? <laughs> why, but he, here's um, a... You don't I mean, think what, so? How are you going to... Well, 
I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't record it. Well, if you do record that, then that means that you have proof that she agreed to follow these certain rules. But I think you should think about what you did wrong here. Like, if you if you were fu- if you if she did get you all fucked up and you woke up in the middle of the night and knocked on the door and like called everyone an asshole and told them to shut the fuck up or leave, that's not necessarily how you treat someone's guest, even if they're in the wrong. So you might want to like have a conversation with them, like let it simmer for like a couple days, like put it on ice, and then just be like, look. And I would record this. Like I'm, I'm all about having some type of backup. So I and be like, look, like I'm sorry that I did this, just so that you know, you, you know, maybe maybe she'll fess up to something that she did wrong too. So, but just like that's a good way to start. Is like this is what I did wrong. I apologize about that. However, it doesn't seem to be working with us right now. How would you like to? How would you like to work it out? Like, would you like? Would you like to move out? You know, uh, do you do you need mm-hmm. some more time? Like, wh- how would maybe you like that's to do not this? The, maybe that's not the solution. Maybe the solution is. I mean, it sounds like there could be some solutions before moving out. Okay. I know moving out is like the be all end all, and like that's just sever the relationship and we're done. But I think that you can work this out without having to move out. And so I definitely agree. It sounds like we're on the same page with right. with Caswell. With you know, at least have a you need to start with a conversation. Don't start with a body slam. <laughs> and just start with a conversation and see if you can come up with something, figure out what it is that she needs, and then figure out how you can provide that and vice versa. Um, but no matter what you do, just hold off on the body slam. That's what I think <laughs> should do. Uh, but that is it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you let us know. Keep We want updates on all these situations um, because, you know, living situations can be tough. Living together can be tough. But if you have all new roommates next week, then we'll know that it didn't work out. So I have a collection luck. of a few updates that we'll do next week. Actually. Oh, oh, that's I've been, great. I've been meaning that to organize is great. that. <laughs> been oh, I'm like, looking that. forward to that. <laughs> now, the question is, do those updates go into a whole new theme or do they stay in these things? Because then it could be like, I guess it depends on what the result was. Because if the result was... I killed that bitch and now I need advice on where to hide the body. You know, like that's a whole new thing. We could probably just like, we could probably just replace talking about 60 days and talk about it for like five minutes. Probably just give a quick or, or we see our listeners on 60 days in. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, you know, we talk about that the whole episode. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. That is the show. As usual, faces, places, and names have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. And make sure you tune in uh, not only every week, but make sure you follow us on social media. Caswell, where can they find us? Well, golly gee, I'm glad you asked. Where <laughs> it's a mess podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us with your calamity through the email button on our Instagram or email us at askcasandpep at gmail.com. That's my favorite word, calamity. Okay, thanks, y'all. Check you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.